0: mueren Mead and welcome to this week's edition of the Spiral Dance. I'm Hawthorne and I'm very happy to join me just listening to the Water Boys with Church Not Made of Hands. Well this week here on the Spiral Dance we're going to walk with earth magic. After we give thanks to the earth we're going to look at earth magic specifically the element of earth. What has that meant since ancient times and what it means in ceremonial magic today? And we're going to look at the traditions of gnomes, the fae, and ley lines. And since we're celebrating the earth, we're going to celebrate the earth mother, and specifically the goddess Gaia. And just to liven up the soup, we're going to talk about salt. I'm going to finish off with an earth meditation ritual. And we're going to have the spiral dance of to be towards the end of the show. That is all coming up for you. Here's music right now from Double Helix with We Approach the Sacred Grove. You're on the Spiral Dance with Hawthorne.
1: Now in ways of old we have come home. We approach the sacred group with hearts and minds and flesh and bone. Join us now in ways of
0: Mother, we give you praise today and ask for your blessing upon us. As seeds spring forth and grass grows green and winds blow gently and the rivers flow and the sun shines down upon our land, we offer thanks to you for blessings and your gifts of life each day. The element of earth is one of the four classical elements along with air, fire, and water, and many systems include spirit or ether as a fifth element. In ancient Greek philosophy and science, the element of earth was commonly associated with the qualities of heaviness, matter, and the terrestrial world. Due to the hero cults and phonic underworld deities, the element of earth is also associated with essential aspects of both life and death in later occultism. The Greek philosopher Epidocles, who lived from 495 to 435 BCE, proposed four archai by which to understand the cosmos. Fire, air, water, and earth. Plato believed the elements were geometric forms, known as the Platonic solids, and he assigned the cube to the element of earth. Meanwhile, Aristotle believed earth was the heaviest element, and his theory of natural place suggested that any earth-laden substances would fall quickly straight down towards the center of the cosmos. In ancient Greek medicine, each of the four humors became associated with an element. Black bile was the humor identified with earth since both were cold and dry. Other things associated with earth and black bile in ancient and medieval medicine included the season of fall since it increased the qualities of cold and and aridity, the melancholic temperament of a person dominated by the black bile humor, the feminine and the southern point of the compass. In alchemy, Earth was believed to be primarily cold and secondarily dry, as per Aristotle. Beyond those classical attributes, the chemical substance of salt was associated with Earth and its alchemical symbol was a downward-pointing triangle bisected by a horizontal line. Of course, for the Greeks, Gaia was the great Earth Mother Goddess. Other Earth Goddesses include Astarte, the Mother Goddess and Goddess of Fertility, Demeter, who is a Mother Goddess and Goddess of the Harvest, and others, and let's not forget Pan, an Earth God, God of Nature, the Woods, Laughter, Music, and Passion. Prithvi is the Hindu Earth and Mother Goddess. According to one such tradition, she is the personification of the Earth itself. According to another, its actual mother, being Prithvi Tatwa, the essence of the element Earth. As Prithvi Mata, or Mother Earth, she contrasts with Dyesus Pita or Father Sky. In the Rig Veda, Earth and Sky are frequently addressed as a duality, often indicated by the idea of two complementary half-shells. In addition, the element of Earth is associated with Buddha, or Mercury, who represents communication, business, mathematics, and other practical matters. As in East Asia, metal is sometimes seen as the equivalent of Earth and is represented by the white tiger of the Chinese constellation known as Baihu in Chinese or Baiyaku in Japanese. In Hindu iconography, Earth is represented as a lotus. To the Scythians, it was seen as a plow. To the Greeks, a wheel. In Western ceremonial magic, Earth and the other Greek classical elements were incorporated into the Golden Dawn system. Zelator is the elemental grade attributed to Earth. Now, this grade is also attributed to the Kabbalistic sphere of Malkuth. The elemental weapon of Earth is the pentacle. Each of the elements has several associated spiritual beings. The archangel of Earth is Uriel. The angel is Forlock, The ruler is Cherub. The Earth elementals are gnomes. Earth is considered to be passive. It is represented by the symbol of Taurus, and it is referred to the lower left point of the pentagram, in the supreme invoking ritual of the pentagram. It's sometimes represented by Tatba, or by a downward pointing triangle with a horizontal line through it. Many of these associations have since spread throughout the occult community. People born under the astrological sign of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn are thought to have dominant Earth personalities. Earth personalities are characterized in this belief system as calm, practical, hardworking, brave, smart, wise, stable, and patient, however, they can also be stubborn possessive, nearsighted, and harsh. Connected to the North, Earth is considered the ultimate feminine element. The Earth is fertile and stable, associated with the Goddess. The planet itself is a ball of life, and as the wheel of the year turns, we can watch all the aspects of life take place, birth, life, death, and finally rebirth. The Earth is nurturing and stable, solid and firm, full of endurance and strength. In color correspondences, both green and brown connect to the earth for fairly obvious reasons. In tarot readings, the earth is related to the suit of pentacles or coins. In some countries, spirits associated with various landmarks become minor, localized deities. In many cultures, earth spirits are beings that are tied to the land and plant kingdom. Typically. These beings are associated with another realm, the forces of nature, that inhabit a particular physical space and landmarks like rocks and trees. In Celtic mythology, the realm of the Fae is known to exist in a parallel space with the land of man. The Fae are part of the Tuatha de Danon and they live underground. It's important to watch out for them because they're known for their ability to trick mortals into joining them. Gnomes feature prominently in European legend and lore. Although it's believed that their names was coined by a Swiss alchemist named Paracelsus, these elemental beings have long been associated in one form or another with the ability to move underground. Likewise, elves often appear in stories about the land. Jacob Grimm says that elves appear in the Eddas as supernatural magic-using beings. They appear in a number of Old English and Norse legends. Ley lines were first suggested to the general public by an amateur archaeologist named Alfred Watkins in the early 1920s. Ley lines are believed to be alignments of the earth. One school of thought believes that ley lines carry positive or negative energy. It's also believed that where two or more lines converge, you have... A place of great power and energy, it's believed that many well-known sacred sites like Stonehenge, Glastonbury Tor, Sedona, and Machu Picchu sit at convergence of several ley lines. Mother Goddess is a goddess who represents or is a personification of nature, motherhood, fertility, creation, destruction, or who embodies the bounty of the earth. When equated with the earth or the natural world, goddesses like that are sometimes referred to as Mother Goddess or as the Earth Mother. Carl Gustav Jung suggested that the archetypal mother was a part of the collective unconscious of all humans and various Jungian students such as Eric Newman and Ernst Wittmont, have argued that such mother imagery underpins many mythologies and precedes the image of the paternal father. Such speculations help explain the universality of such mother goddess imagery around the world. Many different goddesses have represented motherhood in one way or another, and some have been associated with the birth of humanity as a whole, along with the universe and everything in it. Others have represented the fertility of the earth. Several small voluptuous figures have been found during archaeological excavations of the Upper Paleolithic, the Venus of Wollendorf, perhaps being the most famous. This figure is estimated to have been carved sometime between 24,000 and 22,000 BCE. Some archaeologists believe that they were intended to represent goddesses, while others believe that they could have served some other purpose. They predate by many thousands of years the available records of the goddesses known as examples of mother goddesses although they seem to conform to the same generic type. It's not clear whether they indeed were representations of a goddess or whether if they are, there was any continuity of, you know, religion as we might think of that. The Paleolithic period extends from two and a half million years to the introduction of agriculture around 10,000 years BCE. Archaeological evidence suggests that humans migrated to the Western Hemisphere before the end of the Paleolithic, so cultures around the world share its characteristics. It's the prehistoric era distinguished by the development of stone tools and it covers the greatest portion of humanity's time on Earth. While most Paleolithic figurines are from the Upper Paleolithic Period, the Venus of Barakat Ram, found at Barakat Ram Ram, on the Golan Heights is a middle Paleolithic artifact of the later Arculian period and possibly was made by individuals identified as Homo erectus. Diverse images of what are believed to be mother goddesses have been discovered and are also dated from the Neolithic period, which ranges from around 10,000 BCE when the use of wild cereals led to the beginning of farming and eventually to agriculture. The end of this Neolithic period is characterized by the introduction of metal tools as the skill appeared to spread from one culture to another, Or arise independently as a new phase in an existing tool culture and eventually became widespread among humans. Regional differences in the development of this stage of tool development are quite varied. During this time native cultures appear in the Western Hemisphere arising out of older Paleolithic traditions that were carried during migration almost without exception. Images of what archaeologists interpret as mother goddesses have been discovered in all of these cultures. James Frazer, who's the author of The Golden Bull and others such as Jane Ellen Harrison, Robert Graves, and Marja Gimbutas, advanced the idea that goddess worship in ancient Europe and the Aegean was descended from pre-Indo-European Neolithic matriarchies. Gambudas argued that that the thousands of female images from older Europe represent a number of different groups of goddess symbols, notably a bird and snake group associated with water, an earth mother group associated with birth, and a stiff nude group associated with death, as well as other groups. Buddhist maintained that the Earth Mother Group continues the Paleolithic figure tradition and traces of these figural traditions may be found in goddesses of the historical period. In 1968, the archaeologist Peter Ucko proposed that the many images found in graves and archaeological sites of Neolithic cultures were actually toys. Not everybody agrees with that mother goddesses are present in the earliest images discovered among the archaeological finds in ancient egypt an association is drawn to the early goddesses of egypt with animals seen as good mothers the lioness cow hippopotamus wild vulture cobra scorpion and cat as well as to the life-giving primordial waters the sun the night sky and the earth herself The image of Isis nursing her son was worshipped into the 6th century CE and has been resurrected by contemporary cults of the Earth Mother. This imagery was adopted by early Christians as well. In 300 CE, the figure of Mary was worshipped as a Mother Goddess in a Christian sect known as Coleridianism, which was found throughout Saudi Arabia. Followers of Coleridianism were known to make bread and wheat offerings to the Virgin Mary along with other sacrificial practices. The cult was heavily condemned as heretical and schismatic by the Roman Catholic Church and was thus suppressed. Figurines of fertility goddesses have been found in nearly all Near Eastern sites. The earliest such figurines date back to the Neolithic era from around 7th and 6th centuries BCE, and they continue to be made throughout Near Eastern history. Very little is known about the goddess or her cult, and so little concerning them was written down in ancient times. Even though the transition to a paired pantheon of male deities matched or married to each goddess and during the male deity dominated pantheon that arose much later, mother goddesses persisted into historical times, such as Hathor and Isis. Advice from the oracles associated with these goddesses guided the rulers of Egypt, the two ladies, Wajid and Nebet, remain patron deities of the rulers of ancient Egypt throughout every dynasty, including that of Akhenaten, who is often described as having abandoned all but one solar deity. And they all bore their images on their crowns and included special names associated with these goddesses among their titles. Many modern scholars believe that many of the Sumerian goddesses known from later myths and hymns were originally local aspects of the indigenous mother goddess. Prominent among such goddesses were Ninhursaga, Namganuna, Nitu, and Nimru. Many of these goddesses were married off to the gods of the old Babylonian period, after which they became increasingly regarded as taking a mediating and intercessionary role. Due to being mother of Gilgamesh, Ninsu is also regarded as a mother goddess in general Mesopotamian mythology. She is Asherah in Canaan and Ashtard in Syria. The Sumerians wrote erotic poetry about their mother goddess Nimhusag. The Irish goddess Anu or Danu has an aspect as as a mother goddess. The Welsh have a similar figure called Dawn, who is often equated with Danu and identified as a mother goddess. The Celts of Gaul worshipped a goddess known as Dea Matrona, or Divine Mother Goddess, who is associated with the Marna River. Similar figures, known as Matres, Latin for mothers, are found on altars in Celtic as well as Germanic areas of Europe. In the first century BCE, Tacitus recorded rites among the Germanic tribes focused on the goddess Netherus, whom he calls Terra Mater or Mother Goddess. Prominent in these rites was the procession of the goddess in a wheeled vehicle <clears throat> through the countryside.
1: I go walking through my life with my heart wide open and the goddess shines love through goddess is rising and goes through you through me the magic of the goddess is rising I go walk into my life with my eyes wide open
0: Let's talk a little bit about salt. Salt is one of the oldest and most ubiquitous of food seasonings and salting is an important ancient method of food preservation. Some of the earliest evidence of salt processing dates to around 6,000 years ago when people living in Romania were boiling spring water to extract the salts. A salt works in China has been found uh, which dates to approximately the same period. Salt was prized by the ancient Greeks, as well as the Romans, the Byzantines, the Hittites, and the Egyptians. Salt became an important article of trade and was transported by boat across the Mediterranean Sea, along especially built salt roads, and across the Sahara in uh, camel caravans. The scarcity and universal need for salt has led nations to go to war over it and use it to raise tax revenues salt may have been used for barter in connection with the obsidian trade in anatolia in the neolithic era herodotus described salt trading routes along libya back in the fifth century bc in the early years of the roman empire roads such as the via Salaria were built for the transportation of salt from the salt pans of ostia to the capital Salt was included among funeral offerings found in ancient Egyptian tombs from the 3rd millennia B.C., as were salted birds and salt fish. From around 2800 B.C., the Egyptians began exporting salt fish to the Phoenicians in return for Lebanon cedar, glass, and the dye Tyrian purple. The Phoenicians traded Egyptian salt fish and salt from North, North Africa, throughout the Mediterranean trade empire. In Africa, salt was used as currency. South of the Sahara and slabs of rock salt were used as coins. In uh, Apicina, Moorish merchants in the 6th century traded salt for gold, wheat for weight. The Turag have traditionally maintained routes across the Saharas, especially for the transportation of salt by salt caravans. The caravans still cross the desert from southern Nigeria to Bama, although much of the trade now takes place by truck. Salzburg lies in the river Salzach in central Austria in an area with extensive salt deposits. Salzach literally means salt river and Salzburg, salt castle, both taking their names from the German word Salz, meaning salts. During the first millennium BC, Celtic communities grew rich trading salt and salted meat to ancient Greece and ancient Rome in exchange for wine and and other luxuries. The word salary originates from Latin, salarium, which referred to the money paid to the Roman army's soldiers for their purchase of salt. The word salad literally means salted and comes from the ancient Roman practice of salting leaf vegetables. Salt has long held an important place in religion and culture. At the time of Brahmanic sacrifices, in Hittite rituals and during festivals held by the Simites and Greeks, at the time of the new moon, salt was thrown into a fire where it produced crackling noises. The ancient Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans invoked their gods with offerings of salt and water and some people think this to be the origin of holy water in the christian faith the islamic prophet muhammad is reported to have said that salt is the master of your food god sent for blessings from the sky fire water iron and salt salt is considered to be a very auspicious substance in hinduism and is used in particular religious ceremonies like housewarmings and weddings in jainism devotees lay an offering of raw rice with a pinch of salt before a deity to signify their devotion and salt is sprinkled on a person's cremated remains before the ashes are buried salt is believed to ward off evil spirits In Mahayata Buddhist traditions and when returning home from a funeral, a pinch of salt is thrown over the left shoulder as this prevents evil spirits from entering the house. In Shinto, salt is used for ritual purification of locations and people and small piles of salt are placed in dishes by the entrance of establishments for the twofold purpose of warding off evil and attracting patrons. Salt has been used in ritual for thousands of years. Many different magical traditions call for the use of salt in spells and ritual. For centuries, it's been known as a very magical and also a very valuable ingredient. But why is salt such a magical item? Well, let's look at some of the history behind the use of salt in magic and some of the ways it's commonly used in folklore and legend. As we've seen, salt has played an important role in material aspects of human living. Naturally, salt began to find its way into the metaphysical and spiritual realm as well. In many Eastern belief systems like Buddhism and Shintoism, salt is used both as a purifier and to repel evil. In parts of Germany, Normandy and Scotland, salt is used in or around a butter churn to keep witches from souring the butter or harming the cow from which the cream is obtained. Often salt is used in purification spells. It can be incorporated into smudging and asperging, and in some Wiccan traditions it's used in the altar to represent the element of earth. It should be noted that some groups associate salt with water because of its origins in the sea. Black salt, which is a blend of regular salt and other ingredients, is used in protection magic in some traditions. Salt has maintained its usefulness in modern folk traditions as well. Vance Randolph writes in Ozark Magic and Folklore of a number of mountain beliefs regarding use of salt. If someone spills the salt at a dinner, it it means a violent family quarrel is on its way. Salt can also be used to detect the presence of witches in the Ozarks. It's believed that witches don't eat much salt. So if someone complains about food being too salty, she's a witch! makes sense. Okay, you could try this simple meditation to help you attune to the element of Earth. Find a place where you could sit quietly, undisturbed, on a day when the sun is shining. Ideally, it should be in a place where you could really connect with everything that Earth represents. Perhaps it's a hillside outside of a town or a shady grove in your local park. Maybe it's somewhere deep in the woods under a tree or even your own backyard. Find a spot and make yourself comfortable. Sit or lie on the ground so that as much of your body as possible is in direct contact with the ground. Use all of your senses to attune to earth. Relax your body and breathe slowly through your nose and taking in the sense around you. You may smell freshly cut grass or damp earth or flowers and leaves. Close your eyes and become aware of the earth beneath your body. Feel the cool breeze blowing by and allow yourself to become in tune with the rhythms of nature. Once you are completely relaxed, focus on the warmth of the sun on your face. Imagine that warm golden light being absorbed into your body through your third eye. Feel the light of the sun warming your head and face a little at a time just as the earth is being warmed back up. Imagine this light working its way along your body, traveling through your neck down your chest where your heart chakra is located. Allow it to warm your heart, then traveling slowly down through your abdomen and down your root chakra. As the light warms your body, feel it connecting you to the ground beneath your body as well. Imagine this warmth spreading, a golden glow journeying along your legs, your knees and finally to your feet. By the time the sensation reaches your feet, you should feel as though your entire body has been infused with the warmth and light of the returning sun. Feel your connection to the earth. Imagine that warmth growing and spreading from your body into the ground. Visualize the awakening roots, seeds, and other life that is just below the surface. Share your warmth and light with them and feel your own roots growing into the soil. Feel the stability and security of the earth beneath you. Keep your breathing even and regular and allow the sensation of being one with the soil, the grass, and even the rocks below. Okay, we're just listening to the Pisces Project from their CD, Opera, and we heard I Am. We also heard Desert Wind doing Gaia Earth Goddess. Shining Wheel Pig and Chorus was in there with the magic of the goddess. Jaya with Earth Spirit Prayer. And we started this week's set-off with Double Helix doing We Approach the Sacred Grove. Now it's time for this week's Spiral Dance, Spell of the Week. And this week's Spiral Dance, Spell of the Week is for Tuesday, the 6th of February. And this is called the home protection spell. So the best protection for your home is to lock it up, obviously. Lock the windows and the doors and any other openings. Okay. But well when you're going away for the weekend on vacation, a protection spell works good if no one knows that you're away except a trusted friend. Stop the mail, don't order things that may be delivered while you're while you're gone or have someone check for packages. Once the prep work is done, place a black stone like an onyx or jet or smoky quartz under the doormat or near the door and say something like i ward this house by the power of besta those who would harm will not enter pieces of elder over the doorways and on windowsills can give added protection okay it was offered by bodica it appeared in the 2006 Witches' spell day almanac so if you're planning on taking off somewhere and um, you know you lock the door and everything you're gonna do that but you want a little extra oomph because yeah you know locks are locks right give that spell a try send me an email radio hawthorne at yahoo.com Well, this with Hawthorne here is Lorraine McKenit with The Old Ways. Okay, that was Lorena McKennitt from her CD, The Visit, and we heard The Old Ways, and that's going to do it for me for this week. I want to thank you for joining me. I had a great time talking about walking with Earth magic, and I hope you enjoyed it too. I'll be back again next week with a brand new show. Until then, merry part, till merry meet again, blessed be.